Welcome to Rough Draft, a podcast where two writers talk about what writers do. I'm Rachel, a cheater. And I'm Sarim. You can't judge me. Why can't I judge you? Look because you. you can't. I'm just that good. I Look want at all listeners to know that, that Sarum is, is styling a new um, no, look right no, now. No, he's not. He is I not I know doing this that. is an audio only <gasps> Thank medium. God. We're not video yet. Thank God. But I just need everyone to just reach into their mindscapes and imagine Sarum with only half a beard. Mm, yes. There okay. was a shaving mishap to even things out. We had to go lit just goatee only for a while and a mustache. And, Everyone uh, go visit yeah. Sarm right now. My face is naked person. and I don't like it. <laughs> I need clothes. This is why you masks are useful. I can't hide mask anymore. Only because we're recording. Okay. Otherwise, I would. <laughs> Sarm, anyway. how are you? I'm good. We haven't recorded in two weeks. So yeah, this because is like Sarm, fun. Sarm had a little injury last week and i don't remember why we couldn't record two weeks ago oh right but, yeah yeah how are you how is how is i'm good my in your mouth yeah <laughs> thank you for going into the grim detail no uh i, I had <laughs> a little bit of a canker sore like really uncomfortably positioned to the point where talking and eating were very yeah, painful and i was like i'm not doing a podcast right now so yeah. why good it's basically gone uh, i'm getting it checked out properly soon and yeah i'm good um, i live what about you? I need. I also need listeners to know that if my audio is a bit wonky, and if, if it starts to dip John's down to my <laughs> level, <laughs> and it starts to go past John's editing magic, that's because my room is empty. Um, I'm moving soon, and my bookshelves are gone, so I can't look around for um, inspiration anymore. Just walls. Yes, just no more visual aids for the audio podcast. A so that's actually my update. Um, I haven't been reading physical books in a while because they are all no longer where I live. Sarb, what have you been You're reading moving. or writing lately? What have I been reading or writing? I have been... Honestly, you know what? This isn't technically reading or writing, but it's still, it's, it's content that I've been consuming. Watch, it's video I've games. Really gotten... Say it. No, it's about video mm-hmm. I've gotten into, <laughs> I've really gotten into podcasts like a lot, which nice, I know nice, is nice, weird nice. coming from the podcast host, but mm-hmm. I was open from the start. I'm a podcast host who doesn't really listen to podcasts, mm-hmm, but that has mm-hmm. changed mm-hmm. because now I do. Ever since basically June, it's really picked up steam because June was E3, big video game conference mm-hmm, every year. Mm-hmm. Podcasts full of personalities I love were covering it. And they cover video games every single day. And so I've been listening to them. Check out Kind nice. of Funny. They don't need nice. to shout out. They're much bigger than us. But anyway, um, yeah, I, I, that's what I've been doing. I've been listening to podcasts, honing my skills. I've been ready to record, you know. That's awesome. That makes me really happy. Now I'm going to sit in silence for a bit. Because I'm thinking about something else that makes me real happy. Oh, no. Um, I can hear it in the distance, actually. Sarm, hold on. Can you move aside? Wait, you're in the way. There's something I can just leave, really. Wait. Hey, Sarm, isn't that our time machine? Oh, joy. Sarm, don't look at me. My eyes are shut. I'm feeling the vibes of space. Why are we narrating like this is an interactive children's Sarm, adventure? Sarm, <laughs> I said don't look at me. I'm feeling the vibes of space. See my hands? They're clutched on the chair. I can't I'm see your space. hands. You said not to look at you. <laughs> this doesn't make sense. Pick your pick what you want. 
<laughs> okay, I would like everyone to know that we actually shut our eyes. We commit to the bit in rough drops, and that's why you speaking, should rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. Speaking of commitment, I got a message from our oh. good friend Megan. Megan, do you listen to the show? Okay. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no, I'm, talk- I'm talking about Megan. This is about Megan right now. Hi, Megan. Meg- Megan says that she checked the day before we posted an episode if there was a new Rough Draft episode. And um, she opened up Spotify at 1 a.m. and she saw our episode fall onto her lap. We are very happy mm-hmm. to deliver, Megan. Um, she also said a bunch of things. I'm worried if I should say this verbatim, but let's do it. Um, <laughs> she says, quote from the last episode... I am a quirky uwu girl. She goes, that's on site for both of you. So she's calling both of us out. We're, we're both getting called out. I'm going to take this next one because uh, this is very much in my wheelhouse of how I speak on this show. She also said, Rachel, what the hell is artistic emoji? Artistic also, what was our, which one was artistic emoji? It was emoji? when we were reading out the... Um, the no, emoji. I know what it's from, but like, which, which emoji it's, was it? It's the one with, you know, when artists have that board, that little like... You mean the you... palette? Yeah, yeah. It's called a palette. Yeah, where well, they have the palette. That's <laughs> she said artistic emoji. emoji. It's like any like, all emojis are technically artistic because emojis are art. If you didn't know. Sorry, I'm listening. My vocabulary overlaps so much that I would have said palette, and I knew that was wrong. <laughs> palette. So I just went for artistic. She's like, I, it look, it's vaguely French. All right, that's the best you're gonna get. Um, she's also agreeing with us that Star Wars is literally the same plot in every trilogy. Thank you, Megan. Thank you, Megan. Thank you, Megan. But you gotta love it. She makes that point. You gotta Speaking love it. Speaking of loving things, here's the opposite. Um, <laughs> she's all about me retelling Stuart Little's life from the perspective of his stupid red convertible. I feel so- like you would just you do that, right? But you deviate from like the original work. The, mm-hmm. You deviate from the manga. And what you would do is you'd make it sane in his hell and Stuart Little's car ends up murdering Stuart Little. No, 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 no. I wouldn't go that far. I yes, feel like you would. No, if I murder Stuart Little, he's going to become like, what do you call he's it? He's going to become a martyr. martyr. Yeah. yeah, he's going to become a martyr. I'm not going to do that. I'm not, I'm not going to amplify this rat's cause. No. I'm going to tell it how it is so people see, even without exaggeration, he's a terrible creature. Anyway. Um, Hashtag cancel Stuart. Stuart Little is over party. Uh, Megan also did give us some of her sage wisdom. We were talking about stories and texts with like interesting formatting that mm-hmm, deviated, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and she did point out the is it lemony lemony lemon lemony 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 snicket series of unfortunate events also did that thing, which I wouldn't know because that series scared me as a kid, so I never mm, it. Snicket. I but, remember the yeah. movie as a kid or the movies, right? There are multiple. As a kid, mm. yeah, they gave me kind of creepy vibes, but mm. I was interested in the book. I think I started one, never finished it. So I would not know, but well. that's cool. John owns them. He actually has them on the shelf next to me. He owns the series. I'm never going to read it because I am I am scared. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm, yeah. Hmm. Wouldn't be that scary to read anyway. Do you know what doesn't scare me? I, I'm looking out into the vast space that I have vibed with completely. I am one with space right now. Watch God, me. That, that, watch that doesn't space, scare me at all. Me back. Take me, Abyss. Take <laughs> me from this horrendous bit. And back in our own time, a quick reminder before we return to the episode that if you'd like to help us out, if you'd like to show some love, you can give us feedback, comments, fan art, or hatred. Please don't give us hatred at mail at theroughdraftpodcast.com. That is mail at theroughdraftpodcast.com. 
If you'd like to help us out even more, give us a five-star review on iTunes. Apple Podcasts. Both? Now I need listeners to understand that the reason why I called myself a cheater in the intro... It's because she's a filthy cheater and she's it's a minion. It's because I, in fact, I do cheat. When I, when we play... Um, on what? What's, or what's, who? What's that, what's that game? Uno, yes. When we <laughs> play Uno, you best wow. believe I'm wearing long sleeves because I always wow. sneak a card underneath them. I am an Uno purist. <laughs> like, I play with all the house rules on... Like, this is news to me and I'm offended. No, what do you mean I, you cheat in Uno? I always sneak a card underneath my sleeve and pull it out when I need it. I don't see what's wrong with that. I'm just using Someone yells Uno, Rachel, you've activated my trap card. <laughs> um, one more thing about Uno that I do that pisses people off. But I do this thing where if I have two cards left, I overlap them so it looks like I'm holding one card. So people fake call your Uno and yeah, have to pick all up. The time. Oh my all god, the time. She, that's that's valid. That's devious tactics. That's I can't fault you for that. <laughs> no, that's a hundred percent. I can't fault you for that. But for straight up cheating and hiding cards, like I, you're you're bad. I don't think that's cheating. It's still all the cards <laughs> I have. I just happen to put it away. Some people call it cheating. I call it just using what I have. No, but you're hiding what you have, and not in the sneaky way. In the straight okay, up, like, haha, what? I don't what. <laughs> I do need people to know that I do not cheat when it comes to writing competitions, which is what our topic is today. Oh, oh, she took the segue. She even took the topic. Well, I'm redundant now. I'll see you all next week. (laughs) All right, so now that it's just Rachel podcast, Rachel draft, I'm going to ask myself, Rachel, the question, does competition make for good writing? I think think it does. Does it? Okay, wait, hold on, hold on. Let's back up, back up, back up. Okay, wait. Okay, wait. Behind the yellow line. Yellow line, behind the yellow line. Okay. Sarm, have you been in writing competitions before? I have, quite recently, in fact. As recently as two months ago? Three months ago? This year. So, yeah, I've written for before for competitions. Have you? you, How do you feel about them, actually, before we talk about my own experience? Okay. Um, I enjoyed them. I think they're fun. Mainly because every writing competition I've been in, has been relatively low stakes. So mm. for those who may not know, we are not sponsored, but NYC Midnight, big writing competition organization. Every year they host one comp- major competition, work globally um, for a variety of genres. They have a short story competition, a flash fiction, a micro fiction, a screenwriting, right? All these different competitions that are writing competitions that have a prize pool, which means they are paid to ent- mm-hmm. pay to enter, but it's like 20 US to enter. It's not terrible. Um, there's judges. You get professional uh, writer feedback from these established writer judges every single round for every single entry, regardless of how far you progress. Right? Oh, really? Okay, I didn't know about that. Yeah, so sick. I like when I did the short story competition, I, I didn't make it past the first round. I still got. Uh, really good feedback from a That's professional really writer valuable. who wow. ended it with I will say he did end it with this is a publishable piece of writing so I was like you know what I got knocked out but I got told by someone who but has the stuff I got knocked out, that I, I got, got the stuff I got helped up by a professional exactly I got knocked out but I got the stuff and that was confirmed and I was like okay <laughs> that's great I feel validated um, okay that's so, one thing um, that I did want to ask about writing yes competition specifically yep I wonder if they feel validating for everyone. And I don't know how much of mm. it is the writing competition itself and the attitude of the person. Because like you said, 
that was a validating experience but i can imagine that some people who don't make it past the first round don't get published don't win feel incredibly invalidated by not getting it can know. feel crushing for sure but then again it's also dependent on the competition nyc bin mm. is very low stakes oh this is not a big public thing that has massive eyes on it like this is like hey you can do this for fun and if you win you get you know a little bit of recognition yeah. and you also get a nice little paycheck at the end it, it's yeah. like it's more so like this is the kind of competition that actually motivates you to get out and write as opposed to we're gonna judge you based on your writing mm. so you better bring the heat it's like yeah okay there's an element of that but mm. i don't think what i entered is quite that or that's not the okay. focus right okay that okay, so depends you know on the type of competition i didn't even consider that mm. i think for me when it comes to any competition i've ever entered i always depending whether i get published whatever um i always leave it feeling so much better because because one I have made it very clear in this podcast, but when it comes to writing, my process is deadlines. I just need someone to light a fire under my ass to get me to write. <laughs> and then, boom, here's an Oscar winner. <laughs> and writing competitions have been very, very good for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, my most recent experience is with the Voyage um, Young Adult Fiction competition, okay. first chapter. Okay. And I really was oh, sitting yeah, on my this. ass. Yeah on writing my novel like i've been work, i've been chipping like if chipping away was more like peeling paint and that's what i was doing <laughs> i've been book. staring at it i've been staring at it but entering the competition forced me one mm. to finish like have my first chapter in a very readable state and yep. two actually think about the direction i want the book to get in yeah the future of the novel where is it going exactly. is it going anywhere so I won't say anything because I don't know how much I'm allowed to say about the results of the competition yet. Okay. Who knows? But in the end, it was a really good experience despite like whatever the result was because I got I got something for me. I got, I got my first chapter out. So I, I'm, no, I'm, that, I'm, that is an incredibly validating experience. It's like you know you can you know you can push forward with this project now because I guess you did. We both had very positive. Uh, yes. We're also just two very much I feel I feel like it's fair to say we're both very much glass half full kind of people. Yeah. So there is there is yeah. a skewed view there but it's still just like competitions can be a good thing, right? Okay. They can invigorate no, you, they can okay. push you. I'm curious now. Uh yes. I know that NYC Midnight was a bit of a different example, but mm-hmm. when you not only for competitions, but when you send things out to be published maybe for something do you usually write a new piece for the thing or do you look through your backlog and you're like, I can use this. Let me spruce this up. Uh, like, what's your I am. I, yeah, no, I've done both. Okay. So I've also done a combination of the two where it's mm. like, sometimes I'll look through old stuff that I haven't published, but I've written. Uh, or if I have published it, it's like I did it on a poet recounts. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's not big formal that's just my personal poetry mm-hmm. blog basically it's a diary everyone has a diary yes my public oh my diary which you can check out at medium.com forward slash at sorry Mirfan. anyway um so i've done that i've done the uh-huh. backlog thing uh-huh. because i've i've thought immediately like i've read prompts or ideas and mm-hmm. immediately i've been like yo okay this thing i did that fits perfect i've also written new stuff because i'm like i have an idea i think what i've done not the most but a good amount is taking old ideas and redoing them, remixing them, and mm. just straight up bringing something new out of an old idea, mm-hmm. be it a simple rewrite of an existing idea or taking a concept and redoing it 
for competitions or for publication submissions. So yeah, bit of we a... use re recycle everybody. Column A, column B, and we made up column C. Like it's, <laughs> it's great. I, what I do. You? I am very similar, actually. Okay, I don't want to use this analogy because it's very use it. I dare you. It's like it's yucky, but those are the best of, kind. A lot of the poetry I have. And pieces I have, I consider something like my children. And oh, actually, this is this one. No, no okay, wait, never mind. This, you can stop this, now. No, watch this analogy fall apart because listen it's all right. What do you mean, watch it? It's already falling apart. <laughs> so I view them as my children, and I'm looking okay. to rehome each one to a different published. Wow. I'm sorry, this is a bad. If anyone is curious as to what back. the future of Rough Draft looks like, it's going to be a solo podcast because <laughs> Rachel's getting sued for child neglectment. Okay. Let's just let's just say the facts. What? I'm not gonna try to <laughs> put an analogy to it. That's so morbid. I, I, look, I know. So, everybody, I I'm sorry. Anyway, um, <gasps> so I have a backlog of poetry that I generally really like, and mm -hmm. my goal in these other. past years have been: can I find a home for this? Right. And it's been See, very that useful. That sounds a lot better. That sounds more like Leo yeah. and Stitch. Maybe I should have added place. the children thing. Why did you say children? Why did you? Why did you make it weird? My whole body was like, "Don't say it." When I said <laughs> That's it. What you're just like now. I must say it. And it's fun because, like, um, if you go to my website, oh, I guess we're just plugging things now. RachelEvangelineChong.com. In my poetry section, I have two sections. I have published and unpublished. And every it, and it makes me happy that every time I have to like redo, do some housekeeping on my website, yeah, the unpublished section becomes shorter and shorter, and the published section yeah, gets longer because yeah. I they get also, published. Also, aren't the unpublished ones technically published since they're on your website? Like, sure, it's on a no, full publication, but it's I, online. It's out there. Your honor, it doesn't count. It, your honor, no. Submittable jury, it doesn't count. It doesn't <laughs> count. This is fresh. Hot off the presses, definitely never seen before, trust me. <laughs> no, but that's cool. I like that mm -hmm. the unpublished, you know, get shorter and shorter. Like, that, mm -hmm. that's even more just like, look, I'm doing things. Exactly. Right? There's a validation aspect there. It makes me really happy. Um, but there have been times when I actually do set aside time to write something fresh for a competition, mm. especially if the prompt is really, like, engaging. I go, oh. Yep. oh. <laughs> like, um, that pseudo-competition that you and I had with yep. Dip in our group chat. That was fun. <laughs> that forced me to, so, like, reach into my brain. I'm going to give context on that one because this could yes, potentially be a whole new segment for the show or aspect of mm -hmm. the show, which is... So this was the prompt. So I recently did the NYC Midnight Microfiction Competition. You get given mm -hmm. a prompt mm -hmm. of... A, a location, or sorry, no, a genre, an object that has to appear once, uh, and a word that has to appear once. And you have a hundred words. It's microfiction, mm -hmm. one hundred, no more. Uh, you can do less, but like, holy crap, how? Uh, and so, <laughs> if what you I do did less, was, you're a keener. Just go. If, if you do yeah, less, yeah. like maybe you should have done more. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I took that prompt, did my piece, which I had a lot of fun with, and then. Mm. I was like, Rachel, we should do this. And so I gave mm -hmm. Rachel the prompt. We saw what she came up with. And then we had a technically neutral and impartial friend, though I, I, I don't believe it, um, judge our work. And I've mentioned this before, I didn't but this bribe would be a really fun I way. I did not bribe them. Yeah, yeah, of course not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like checks receipts. Like, hmm, somebody went to a dessert shop recently and placed a really large order. 
Uh, but yeah, so I was thinking we could make this competition thing, like we could use the website for, you know, theroughdraftpodcast.com. Mm-hmm. We just gotta figure out logistics. Listeners. Make this a thing where you, the audience, can like vote on who who has the better story, you know, or I mean, yeah, no, let's keep it competitive. Who has the better story for this month's prompt or something like who that? Has or the you best could vote looks. on prompts. Who is the most attractive? It's me, your boy. But um... <laughs> no, 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 wait, wait, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Wait, let's step away from the yellow line. Hold on. No. Okay, all right. Let's bring it back to the episode. (laughs) But it's just like competitions could be a whole part of... You could vote Mm -hmm. on what the prompt is. You could come up with your own prompt. You could vote on Mm -hmm. who's the winner for it. Like, this could be a part of Rough Draft. Please, give feedback. Let us know what you think. Listeners, let us know. We're going to do it anyway, but you should be there. Listeners, please be on our side, please. We can't just do this without, you know, you validating (laughs) us. Because then it's just me and Sarm doing our own thing. (laughs) So... Which is what we're doing right now, but uh, anyway. <laughs> I do have a competition story that I yes, story must time. have mentioned briefly, but let's do a story time. Um, Once upon a time. So, the young writers of Kanda, I don't remember the name, they had their very first manuscript competition for, I think, people under the age of 18. And they were like, oh, send us your manuscript. And the prize is... We'll publish it, and it will be in the Vancouver Library. It'll get its own, like, barcode. What do we call them? What do we call those barcodes? ISBN? Yes, it will have its own ISBN. Like, it'll be, like, dead as published, and we'll do <laughs> a, a single printing thing. of it. Yeah, it's, it's a real thing. Mm-hmm. And I actually wrote a piece for it. Ooh. I do remember writing a piece for it. And it was a short story called Insomnia. And, oh, God, this is, this is very Rachel. Story oh, yeah. about a man in a train... And some fantasy spooky things happen on the train. And the ending is a twist. You can actually find it on my website. In case you can't already tell, Rachel basically had a phase where in aesthetic, in writing motifs, and in just general aura, she was Rachel Allen Poe. Edgar Allen Pinoy. Edgar Allen Pinoy. I was Edgar Allen. Evan. Evan. Because my (laughs) name is Evangeline. Evan Edgar... (laughs) Wait, Rachel Evan Poana oh, it's falling apart. Sorry, sorry, I'm gonna stick with your thing. Just like your child metaphor. <laughs> Edgar Allan Pinoy. I was Edgar Allan Pinoy for that section. And I submitted it at the end of my high school career. I didn't want to call it a career. Anyway, I submitted it the golden at the end years. of grade twelve and didn't think about <laughs> it. So fast forward, fast forward <laughs> into I wanna say the beginning of first year at U of T. So oh, I was wow. fresh. I had fresh? gotten an email from. Were you still Edgar Allen at that point? Did I know. Still... I was trying to hide. I was trying to like shed off that email face. Wait, when point. did when did we get the, the the bright pink Rachel that we know today? That's when did Kirby year. come to That's town? That's third year. Okay, Don't worry. Right. that was anyway. a minute ago. I'm just trying to visualize. <laughs> just trying to figure out the timeline. The Rachel <laughs> the universe right now. So then. I got an email a few weeks before university, and they were like, oh, your thing made the shortlist. I'm like, oh, that's cool. That's cool. Mm-hmm, well. But I didn't think about it. And then mm-hmm. and then I remember in the basement at U of T, in my, we are not going to go on a tangent, in my um, first year time travel class <laughs> seminar, I remember getting a missed call from my mom. And I, Sarum, we're not going to talk about it. I can see your face right now. Anyway, in my time travel class. I want to comment on it credit, so bad. But like I, I, in, in fourth year, I had a time travel class too. So I don't, I can't even. Sarum, 
Carry on. Wait, carry on. No, 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 no tangent. We're not, carry we're, not going, on. we're not going down here. We're not going there. We already did the bit. <laughs> so I got a missed call from my mom. And then I'm like, oh. And then later I called her and she said, hey, some people from Vancouver called and they said you won. Hey, the FBI is at my door. What did you write? <laughs> they, she was like, you won a competition? And I was like. Oh, my God. Oh. And I remember because it was right. <laughs> Just, it was oh. during the break. John, add class. a reverb on that. Oh. <laughs> and then, after, and the break had like finished, and the class was starting again. And yeah. I remember turning to my friend and like trying to mouth to her, "I won this competition." She's like, "What?" And I remember showing her my phone <laughs> under the table, like freaking out. And yes, yeah, so I am the national winner. This is my claim to fame. Oh yeah, is here we go. <laughs> Drum roll, please. Eighteen-year-old Rachel. Um, being the national winner, national, Candace, a big country, winner of the Young Writers Manuscript Competition with my published Jeez. work, Insomnia. So that's my, my claim to fame. Um, Amazing. I've Look done that. other competitions since then that have not been so good, but some I have done. She, she's never so. quite reached the heights um, of Edgar Allan Pinoy, but God damn it, she's I trying. Peaked, I peaked. It's downhill from here. I will take my <laughs> seat right here, and that is my competition story. and that's the story of how rachel peaked at 18 years of age Sorry, no that's amazing yeah. congrats thank that's still, you that's still really cool i think i have heard that story but it's still just like every time it's like oh my god wow that's so cool and something I think just hit my window it's anyway. competitions are super valid but at the same time see this is a whole nother topic because then there's the whole thing about competitions restricting your creativity and potential mm. but i feel like it's rules that really force you to figure out your potential yeah. i don't know i mean okay yeah. uh, it is part of this topic because in terms of like when you say con competitions restricting you do you mean like when they give a prompt because that i would argue like giving even a very specific mm. prompt with all these, you know, various, what's the word I'm looking for, beginning with P, parameters, mm -hmm. right? It's still, if anything, for me personally anyway, certain kinds of restrictions, like those given by a mm -hmm. writing prompt, mm -hmm. in fact, breed creativity. They encourage exactly. creativity because it's like, okay, I can't think, I, I've been given a box. How do I get out of it or how do I do something really cool while staying within it, right? Mm -hmm certain restrictions do give creativity right like there's this quote necessity is the mother of invention mm -hmm. my variant is restrictions are the mother of creativity like even that though NYC thing was a very good example yeah actually. exactly it's yeah. like i had this prompt i only had 100 words and i got really creative with it or i guess not depending on how you view it because my character <laughs> i did a character focused piece and you read that character and rachel when you read that character what was the first thing you thought the first thing i thought was is this a Sarum biopic? I'm like, hold on, hold on. Is a this second. a self insert fanfic? Is Sarum just writing another self insert of himself again? <laughs> and look, listen, they say every character is a piece of its writer, and my favorite character to write is just that, oh like, heightened version of my favorite parts of myself, specifically the snark and the confidence. So, for listeners, I just need you to know that it was a very well written piece, but it was very Sarum. It was very Thank you, verbose. Verbose? Verbose. Verbo uh, Ver really? Sure? How do we, how do we, how do no, we... No, the pronunciation is verbose, but like verbose means a lot and often unnecessarily a lot. I had a oh, hundred words. Okay. <laughs> I don't have the sarm. room to be verbose. The a lot part is correct. <laughs> it was very sorry, which is not a bad thing. It is just very a significant She thing. says making it sound like a terrible thing. <laughs> <laughs> I do think I am going to just repeat what you said, like, mm. um, like the man I am that and agree with you oh no 
that Frozen. yes indeed competitions are good and they breed creativity and my i do want to end with this because i know we are wrapping up but we are i don't know how you feel about competitions where you pay to enter I've always I mean, I've done some... two of them and plugged the organization. I, I, I think it's also, obvious how I feel. I also have done them, but I know that there's a lot of um, conversation about it. I mean, I feel like, and again, I'm going to mm. keep talking about them because they're the ones I know best. Mm-hmm. NYC Midnight do it right, where yes, you pay. There's no guarantee of progression, mm-hmm. obviously, yeah. but there is a guarantee of some value because you yeah. get that guaranteed yeah. feedback from an established writer. Like that, this that is, is valuable. That's worth $20 to me. Okay, that makes sense because right. I have seen competitions where there's just a flat fee to enter and nothing really that you get back. Yeah, and like that, that to me kind is a little sussy. Yeah, it's a that's, little sussy. Don't be a sussy butt. Anyway, so <laughs> that's valid. I can see why you'd have gripes with that, but also I think that is standard. Like NYC yeah. Midnight are definitely the exception, not the norm. That should change. I agree, that should change, but that's kind of what you're getting. So now you know where to go if you want a competition with value. And just want to say, I want to like bring it back to the question. Does competition now, make for good writing? And this is a yes or no question. So Saram, hit me with your um, yes or no answer. Absolutely. Because between giving a prompt and giving a deadline, both of, thing, both of which help us with our writing, it pushes you to be your best creative self. And I think that's a wonderful thing. Yes, I would also like to say yes, your honor, and just control C, control V, whatever Sarah said. Your honor, she may have neglected her kids, (laughs) but she has the right idea. (laughs) Also, listeners, super quick, let us know if you do want us to have a little competition within the podcast. I think that would be really fun. I do want to have more rift and conflict with sarum as if we don't have enough as if we don't have enough right yeah okay yes so listeners please let let us know let us know if you would be down to be part of mail at the rough draft podcast.com we've come to the final page of today's chapter this podcast's audio engineer is john katanis and the music in the background was Sunset on Augusta by JC3. Our cover art was done by Sean Cashin and animated by Rachel Chow. Next episode's question, just what horrible family-neglecting offense will Rachel commit next? No, me no. Find out next time on, on Rough Draft. Draft.